Okay, Rabbi Sai. We're back in business, Rabbi Sai. She was at Shalayim. I can't tell you how many people I met over the last couple of days on my trip from people that are watching Baruch Hashem or the Yeshiva Shiurim on Torah anytime. It's a Kavalda Gazach, Rabim. And you guys sitting over here in the Yeshiva are part of the Zika Rabim. There's a subject tonight that I was thinking on the aeroplane, what can I speak about? And I decided that I think we have to talk about something very, very interesting, something very important. Something which I believe can actually affect the rest of our lives. Both in Ruchnius and even in Gashmius. It's an important topic. It's a topic that unfortunately we don't give enough effort to try to understand, to try to really go to the depths of this topic. So Be'ezah Hashem, with Siata Dishmaya, will try to do as much as we can to figure out what we can do to better this Indian. The Torah in Simon Zayin and Orachayim brings down as follows. There's an obligation, there's a chiyuv, for every person to say the bracha of Asheyotza every single time he goes to the bathroom. In other words, it's not a one-time bracha. It's not like a one-time thing. You know, you wake up in the morning, once. Once. You say these things once. Why is it that when it comes to the bracha of Asheyotza, it's not good enough? It's not sufficient to say the bracha once in the morning and say, all right, I'm Yaitza. So the Yorcha Shulchan says, why does the Torah tell us that it has to be kolayoyim all day? So he tells us that there are shitas, there are rishonim, that hold that ashayosa needs to be made once. There's a machsavitri that holds that way. Whatever it is, there are rishonim that hold that ashayosa is made once, and that's it. However, says the Yorcha Shulchan, that we are saying over here in Shulchan Aruch that every single time a person, go, person goes to the bathroom, a person uses the facilities and he empties his bowels, there's a chiv, there's an obligation for a person to say Asha every single time. Mishailu is why. And this, Rabbi Sai, is going to be the topic of tonight's discussion, and it's so interesting. Why is it there are certain brachas that it's enough, it's efficient to say it once and it lasts for the entire day until I wake up tomorrow morning. Here we have a bracha and we're giving thanks to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam as we'll see and we'll explain how deep this is and how important and vital this bracha is for our very well-being on this world in a physical sense. Why is it we have to constantly make this bracha again and again? Four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight times every single day. What is it? What is so unique about the Baruch of Asha And how, which is even more importantly, can it help us on a physical way? How can the Baruch of Asha help us? Lamaisa. We'll leave out the Lamdas. But how can it actually help us? What can it do for us? So Rosh explains that we're dealing with a very serious Bracha. We're dealing with a bracha that has, and we'll see the components of the bracha are tremendous. Chazal, Baruch Kodshoi. Chazal understood in their Ruach HaKodesh, in their understanding of everything, of Torah knowledge, of science, of everything. 
what words to put into this bracha. And we'll see, I'll give you a few examples about the words that we'll find in the bracha of Hashayatza that means so much. And the doctors, as we'll see some examples, are taken aback by how Chazal understood the human body and the way the human body works and put those words into a bracha which was written a long time before science came around telling us all of these statements. So Rosh introduces us to this point, which is we're dealing with such a unique broch, I guarantee you, Rabbi Isai, at the end of this year, at the end of hearing what I'm going to say, you will look at the brocha of Asher Yotza in a totally different way. There is no way that you'll hear what I'm going to say, and you're going to say, well, you know, this is continuing as normal. It's, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And if you do, and you say that, by the way, that means you won't listen. So if you listen good, this can actually change not only the ruchnius, but the gashmius, the physical light that you have. That's why the Torah has a wonderful thing. If you look over here, we find something so unique. You know what we find? I challenge you, in all of Shulchan Aruch, you will not find one place where there's an explanation of a brocha. Nowhere. I mean, there's so many things. Where do you find the explanation? Here the talk, Shulchan Aruch brings it over here in Simon Dalet, the beginning of Orichayim, right? Fourth Simon in Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch tells us, it's tremendous what's going on in here, how to understand the bracha. What is the parish? What is the explanation of this wonderful bracha? And it's so amazing, why do we find it here more than anywhere else? And the explanation is simple, because we're dealing with something very important. And we're dealing with something that's so vital for a person's living for a person's health in this world. So Chazal took the necessity to understand, to tell us, to convey the message to us. This is really serious. And it's so serious that it's not good enough just to make the brocha. You have to understand what you're saying. You have to know what you're doing in order to get the full benefits from the brocha. There's an unbelievable Vilna Goin. The Vilna Goin in the Sefer Imei Noyem brings down. You know, people have this idea that, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Rebbein Yishloilam, God, He's not so much involved in day-to-day life. In day-to-day, you know, Ashkocha Pratis and all these things, we hear these crazy, amazing stories, but, you know, God is not really involved on a daily basis, on a minute-to-minute basis. The Vilna Gaon, Rabbi says, says this. Says the Vilna Gaon, what do we say in the Bracha of Asha one of the words, right? Let's just go through it because, you know, we're talking about it so much, just in case everybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. Let me just uh, tell you what we're saying. Baruch Atah Hashem. Eloikeinu melech ha'oilam. Ashe yotza sa'odom b'chokma. Who fashioned man with wisdom. Uvaravoy nekovim nekovim. And created within him openings. Chalulim chalulim. Cavities. Goloi v'yadua lefnei chisei chavaydecha. It's obvious and known before the throne of your glory. She'im yipaseich echad mehem. If one of them would be ruptured, if one of them would be torn, if there'd be a puncture, and we'll speak what Boyce says so interesting, the digestive system that we have. We're going to speak about it, Be'in, to understand how the Rabbani Shalom created our bodies in such an amazing fashion. Oh, you say, say, mechod mehem, or one of them would be blocked. It's impossible to continue to survive. The Lama Lufanecha. Afilishachos, some people say. Baruch Atah Hashem, Roifei Kolvoso Mafilasos. 
It's a tremendous bracha, but why is it so long? Why is it so... I'm going to say, why we say the same thing, you know, it's an interesting question. Shisham Pinkas, I think, asked the question, you know. What are we saying over here? You know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us in an amazing way, right? And if it wouldn't work out, Shemi Rachim, I don't know what would happen. I don't understand. Why don't we say the same thing about water? Shakol Mia Bidvore. We make a bracha of water. Because if Hashem wouldn't bring water, we wouldn't have anything. And if you don't bring bread, what happened? What is so unique about this? That we have to spell out word for word in the bracha. And if it wouldn't happen, if something would go wrong, what would happen? We have to understand that. But one thing the Vilna Goyen says is so interesting. The Vilna Goyen says like this, like this. He says as follows. Says the Vilna Goyen, Goloi v'yadua it's known in front of you can understand what's going on millions of light years away is that a nice thing to say when you leave the bathroom <laughs> you just left the bathroom it's a dirty place you can't walk in there with tefillin you can't walk in with a, you know, with a safer you can't learn inside there and you're mentioning oh, is that nice the Vilna Goyen says this answers the Vilna Goyen listen to this it's amazing the Vilna Goyen answers as follows, and he says, it's exactly why we say, because there are people out there, you know what they say? They say, eh, you know, HaKadosh Baruch is not really busy on a day-to-day basis, on a minute basis. What are we seeing over here? We're seeing over here, and we can explain this in a much deeper manner, in a moment, that HaKadosh Baruch Hashem is with us, and He actually affects every moment of our life that we're able to breathe in this world. Every breath that you have taken from the minute you've been born till the minute after 120 when you're no longer alive, every single moment is actually going on with the Rabboni Shalom's constant supervision. Says the Vilna going, that's why we say, to teach us Dafka the Rabboni Shalom. And I saw a beautiful answer. There's a question the Gemara in Brochus Samach brings down. The Gemara tells us, you know, in the olden days, in the days of Chazal, in the days of the Gemara, when they went into the toilet, when they went into the bathroom, so they had a tefillah to say. Not when they came out as well, but when they went in, they had a tefillah. What was a tefillah? The tefillah was telling the malachim that accompanying them, you stay here, I'm going inside. It's not covered for malachim to go in. We all know, right? The Gemara tells us in Marcus, the Marashal, that every single person is accompanied with two malachim, at least. And therefore, you've got two malachim going in there. It's not nice. You shouldn't accompany me with the ba- to the bathroom. It's not a covered place. You wait here for me. I'll be out soon. Right? Now, obviously, nowadays, we don't do that, right? Because we're not holding on that. I speak for myself. We're not holding on that level to talk to malachim, right? It's myself. If that's the case, we don't do that anymore. But what do we see from here? Who's going inside with you? You can't go by yourself. It's not possible. You can't live on this world by yourself. According to this film, going, it seems to be clear that when a person goes into the bathroom and he goes into the toilet, he's actually being accompanied not by a malach, not by a shneer, but by the rebbeinu shaloylam himself. Kabiyochet, we can understand what that means. It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. You know, people go to tremendous lengths for health. Tremendous lengths for health. You know, they really, really do. People, you know, people will have vitamins. People will be busy with all sorts of pills. People, you know, I just met a person recently on the, on the flight. So he was, he's a nutritionist. 
So he was telling me all about how it works with nutrition. You know, you've got to have a certain amount of almonds. You've got to have a certain amount of walnuts. They're good for your heart. And, you know, fish and then mushrooms. He was telling me all sorts of interesting things. And, you know, he spent 64 years, so he told me, researching how this works. And Lemaitre, he says, it's unbelievable. He was explaining to me how it works, the human body and this and that and the other. And, you know, people will go through lengths and hours of their time for their physical being in order to be a healthier person, right? What happens when it comes to the spiritual being also? Where is the spiritual vitamin that we can take that will allow us to become healthier? You know, we assume that, all right, physical things, those make us our body better. You know, brochas and all these things, shabbos, it's very nice. But what's it going to do with my physical being? Here, tonight, we're going to learn that we have a brocha, that directly affects the physical way that your body acts. And it has a direct outcome to how healthy your body actually is. And when it comes to all these things, you know, people, people don't spend time. You know, it's a brocha. You know, you, we all know, right? Again, Rabbi said, I speak for myself. I'm speaking to myself, obviously, at the same time. As I was preparing this year, you should know. Well, I was on the airplane. I was you know, writing notes and this and the other. And I was just thinking, it gives me a chizuk. It gives me a chizuk. What am I telling you? The bracha vashayatza. Oh, come on. We walk out the toilet. We mumble a couple of, you know, I don't know, we say the whole thing. We don't say the whole thing. I'm not sure exactly which words we choose, which ones we don't. We mumble it and then we sort of finish, right? Yaitza. I said the, you know, did you say it? Yeah, 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 of course I said it. Which word did you say? I don't know. You know, you know how it goes. You ask somebody to uh, make it ala michya. Right? So normally with Salim it doesn't take very long, right? Go and ask somebody to make it loud, to be mighty the oil of, right? Oh, do me a favor, make a make Alamicha loud to you know help us all out, make one. Well, I need to sit there, I need to look inside. I understand. For the last twenty years you've been saying it about without a problem. Yeah, but someone's gonna listen to you all of a sudden, you know, huh? It makes a difference, right? Someone's gonna listen to you. I'll show you outside this bracha that you know you know it's amazing. And unfortunately, unfortunately. When it comes to an ace sorrow, when it comes to a situation where a person's in a bad matzav, all of a sudden, then he takes the time. I'll give you an example, right? Ashayatza. We're going to learn that Ashayatza has a direct uh, consequence to our personal physical health. Why don't we give it the time? Why don't we spend a few seconds like we should do? You know why? It doesn't mean much to us. If somebody, for example, had an appointment with a professor, right? Has an appointment with a professor. I, I once took someone, an old man, to the, to the hospital for an appointment for, for an eye doctor, an eye specialist. So I called him up, I said, when should I pick you up? He says to me, pick me up an hour before the appointment. I said, an hour before the appointment? Like, what are we going to do? No, I need to get a half an hour before in case he's, you know, I've got to be there on time, fill up all the papers, I've got to be there on time. When it comes to our physical health, we're so easy to make sure that everything is correct. We'll run to doctors, we'll run to this, we'll run to there. But here we have something. As I'm going to explain to you, which is something that Chazal tell us, that if a person knows what he's saying and says it properly, can have a healthy life in this world. I'm not talking about Olam Haba, I'm not talking about Scha, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking, discussing Ganeidim. I'm discussing right here, Rabbi Sai. right? You guys are how old? 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever it is. Be'ez HaShem, you'll all be alive, well and healthy for well over a hundred years. Be'ez HaShem, Yisborach. You want to be healthy? This is the way. It's unbelievable. You know, I had a relation of mine that kept absolutely nothing. He used to, he worked in McDonald's, he didn't keep anything. So it's amazing when I got a phone call from him, when his wife never had a baby, 
and she was critically ill from the childbirth, critically ill in a situation of Bekorach Nefesh, like real life and death situation. Right? This guy never picked up a pair of tefillin, never picked up a siddha, mumish nothing. All of a sudden, Rabbi, can you pray for me? You know, that all of a sudden, it, come, it comes real. In fact, I was on the aeroplane, it was amazing. You don't think I'm making this up. But Mamish, the, the person I want to sit next to on the aeroplane, so he was such a nice person. Originally from England, now he lives in Israel, he was converting, he was trying to convert everyone on the aeroplane to make Aliyah, it was great. And one thing he mentioned to me was as follows he actually knew one of the big um, rab- rabbis in the army during one of the wars. So the job un- is a very unfortunate, horrible job, but it has to be done of one of these, uh, these rabbis of the army is to bury people. It's not the unfortunate soldiers that Rahman Lalainu become, you know, fall in war. So he has to bury them, he has to do the tahara. So he told me, he knows the person himself uh, personally. Listen to what he said. He said to me, this rabbi obviously was orthodox, it was from, but most of the thousands of people and soldiers that were in the army weren't so from. Unfortunately, weren't from, that was the situation. He said you should know how it works, by the way, in the army, again, we're not getting involved in the technicalities, but how it works in the army is that a soldier that falls in war is not buried in tachrichim. Right? You bury him in his actual soul, in his army clothes, in his uniform. That's how it goes. We're not getting involved now, yeah, no, how, what, where. That's what he did. So this rabbi's job was actually to empty all of his pockets, you know, maybe he had something in there that they could give to the family, whatever it was. It was a horrible job, but again, it had to be done. He said it was absolutely amazing. How every single soldier had, and these are people who again were discussing non from, not religious, nothing, had it in their pockets in some way or shape or form a Tehillim, an Ashayotza card, uh, whatever it is, something that had a Shaykhist to Yiddishkeit. You know why? He said, because when it gets difficult and it's a time of war and your life is at stake, you become religious. To a certain extent, you realize what the MS is. Why am I telling you this? Because again, we'll all do the same things physically. We'll run here, we'll run there. We'll want to be healthy, we'll do exercise, we'll go in the gym, we'll eat healthy, protein, dear carbohydrates. I've done all of these things. I'm going to offer you now the spiritual pill. The spiritual pill that is not only the key to Olam Haba, but this is the key to Olam Hazer. You want to live a healthy life in this world? And who doesn't? This is the answer, without any question. Rav Yeruchim from the Meir said a tremendous thing. Rav Yeruchim said, if you would look into the human body, if you would look to see what is going on inside your body when you take a piece of food until it gets out to the other end, and you do, you go to the bathroom, said Rav Yeruchim, you would send a telegram home every single time and tell your family, we made it through, we're okay. The problem is we're so used to it. It's so simple. It's like, what's the big deal? We don't even think about it. Tonight, we're thinking about it. Tonight, we're going to be yaitz we're going to try our best to go through as possible. You know, take the broch of Asheyatza. How many times do you make it every day? Let's make an estimation. Let's make a very small estimation. Five times, six times a day, you make Asheyatza. Let's say, let's imagine, let's imagine that you spend 20 seconds... 20 seconds on Asha Yatza. Shouldn't take more than that. Probably takes less. Right? I'm talking about what it should take, not what it does, Lamaisa. 20 seconds. Let's say you donate 20 seconds of your time to Asha Yatza every single time. Say it five or six times a day. So that means you're spending how much? Two minutes per day on Asha Yatza. How many, how many minutes a week? 14. So that means you're spending 14 minutes a week on Asha Yatza. 
That means every single month you're spending an hour, and that means in every single year you're spending 12 hours. So if you think of it this way, that a person is given a gift, you're given a present from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from Hashem, of 8,760 hours per year. And out of those hours we're asking from you, please, say thank you to Hashem for 12 of those. For 12 hours out of 8,760 of an entire year, we're asking for you to give a little bit of gratitude to the one above. A little bit of thank you to Hashem. And it's such a little bit of effort. We'll see Be'ez Hashem. The Ponovitcherov once said, I saw this in a safe, but I just couldn't believe this. The Ponovitcherov used to spend a lot of time making Ashayati, spend time on it. And he said, the nace, the miracle of the human body function from when we eat to the waste process is no less of a miracle than Yitzias Mitzrayim. And you know what happens, Yitzias Mitzrayim, Pesach by night, Leila Seder, we're talking about Yitzias Mitzrayim, it's so exciting, it's so wow, wow, what's going on, all the Midrashim, all the stories. Says the Ponovich when you eat something and the body knows how to get rid of that which it needs to get rid of, that nace is no less than Yitzias Mitzrayim. Rishon Pinkus in the Sefer writes, a couple of thoughts which I want to give over before we go into the human body. And he says like this, what's the difference? We have two brachas where we talk about refuah. In Shemayna Esra we say, Rafa'enu. Yeah? When it comes to Ashayatza we say, Rafa Kolbasa. Yeah, Rafa Kolbasa. What's going on over here? In Shemayna Esra we say, Rafa Cholei Amo Yisrael. Whereas, over here, when it comes to Ashayatza, what are we saying? What's the difference? So I'll tell you the difference. I had, just this week, a par- uh, parents came and came to me, had a meeting with me this week in Chutzlaritz, and they wanted to discuss their son. I'm not giving details, obviously, but they wanted to discuss with me what was going on in their family. It wasn't so simple. A couple of the kids went in the other direction is what they had expected. And now the third son was showing the signs. And they came to me and they said, please. And they begged me. I can't tell you. The mother was crying. She was begging me, please, please stop our son from going in that way. We've got a certain way. And they were explaining to me how they did it. And unfortunately, he's starting to show the signs. Why were they coming to me now? Because it's much easier to prevent something before it happens. Once it's happened, it's a lot harder. I'll give you an example. A person's sick. Rahmanan itzla, la lainu. A person is sick. What do you do? You make a yom tfila. You say to him and you spit to him in front of everybody and everyone gets up and you say, Shira Allah. And you say to him and people are crying and you go to the kaisal and you, you make it real. And it can work. But the person's already sick. Don't you think it's better to do something that can stop the person from getting sick to begin with? says of Shinshan Pinkas that Sal is the difference and it's so harsh to know this between what we say in Shemayin Esau and what we say in Asher Yatsa. in Shemayin Esau what are we saying? in Shemayin Esau we're saying the Rebbeinu Shalom heals the sick if you're sick already then you need the Rebbeinu Shalom to heal you you know what we're saying in Asher Yatsa? The Rabbani Shalom that we're saying over here is stopping a person from getting sick. Rabbi Sai, 
If a person says this bracha with the correct kavona and he knows what he's saying, you have no idea what it can stop a person from being ill, a person from being sick. In fact, there's an unbelievable safer advice. Listen to this. There's a safer called Seyda Hayyim. Seyda Hayyim was written hundreds of years ago by a very, very Chosh Vyid. He writes a tremendous thing. I'm not going to go through what he writes. But he was an Adam Godel, unbelievable. Sadik. And he writes that if a person says Asheyotza properly, gives it the correct time, knows what he's saying and understands what he's saying, says this Sefer Lo Yechle Kol Yomov, he will never be sick. He won't need a doctor, he won't need what the doctor does. Rabbi said, we have a promise from Gedolim, from Tzadikim, and it's so simple that if you dove into the Rabbi Shalom before you get sick, then you just don't get sick. The Brocha of Asher is exactly that. The Brocha of Asher is telling the Rabbi Shalom, heal us before we become sick. And what do we do? We leave the bathroom, and off we go. You know, I heard the Meister from Rabbi Silvashlita. So he told me, Gavaldi Gamaisa, he told everybody here, but it's worth repeating. You may remember, he said that there was a person working in the stock exchange, and um, his job in the stock exchange was to watch the computers in case there was a problem. He had a technician next to him, and this technician, who was a non Jewish person, used to make sure if anything happened, you know, if the computers crashed or whatever, he'd be there and it'd sort it out and write things down and everything would be okay. So he used to spend most of the day with each other, you know, constantly watching the screens. Until at one point, the guy, the non-Jewish person, said to the Jew, you know, I've always, I have a question for you, you know, I've always wondered something. It really bothered me for a long time, but I never plugged up the courage. Now I know each other, we schmooze, we have a chat. I want to ask you a question. I always watch you, every single time, during the day, throughout the day. You go off, and you come back, and you're always mumbling something. What are you saying? What are you doing? So yeah, at first it's no, no, nothing. No, no, please, please. I've been watching you for months and months. I, I must know what it is. Please, I always. You go, you come back, you mumble something. You, you know, every few times during the day, what is it? So then she said, "Okay, I'll tell you." He said, "Actually, I'm going to the bathroom, and after the bathroom, we have a special tefillah, special uh, prayer to our God, and we're thanking our God." for making our body work properly so we're able to get rid of all the waste and everything is made able to work properly. And this non-Jew is like, wow, really? What, you mean you stop in the middle of the day and you think about your God? Like you have like a time where you stop and you think, stop, think about God. That's, that's amazing. It's unbelievable. He was so, he was so excited and everything like it. It was just amazing. Thank you so much for telling me. He was so excited. The next day, he turns to this Jew he says, you know, I've been really thinking about what you're telling me. I think it's amazing. I just have one question. Just have one question. Don't you think that if you're talking to your God, you should start, like, stand still when you do it? As opposed to like mumble when you come back? And the Jewish person, was, he, he got the Muslims from a guy. He got the Muslims from a non-Jew. They understand what it means. You're thanking your God for making your body work and you just, as you were out, washing your hands, until they say, Daim, you know, it's unbelievable. If you actually counted the amount of actions that you were doing while you're saying Ashayatza, you wouldn't believe it. You, you, during that time, you've managed to get out of the bathroom, wash your hands, dry your hands, probably go back to see and open a Coke. Like, hello? And during that time, you supposedly were meant to thank God for making you healthy and keeping you healthy and stopping sickness. Now, I, does that make sense? 
Does that make sense to anybody here that that's what we're doing while we're saying to the Rabbi Shalom, Rabbi Shalom, please don't make me sick. You know, while we do everything else at the same time. Just think about it. Think about it. This is for our benefit. I'm not coming here to tell you, Rabbi Sai, Gan Eden, and you're going to get this, and you're going to get that, and the Malachim, and you call them Ma- No, no, no. I'm telling you about a very simple thing. You guys, Be'ez HaShem, will be living for well over, well over 100 years, Be'ez HaShem. You want to live healthy. You want to live a life of health. Do you know what that means? To live healthy? Ask the people, the old people that live to a ripe old age with all of their health. You know what it means? You have the opportunity right now, a few times during the day, you have to take the opportunity. Richard Pinkus also brings down an amazing thing. He says, you know, every single time an aeroplane lands, every time, he said he heard it from uh, one of the, I don't know, some, someone at the airport, whatever it was, every single time without fail, that an aeroplane lands, it has to give a report. And this report is a report of what went wrong during the flight. And he said, without fail, something goes wrong. Now, the plane's not going to crash, right? Obviously, Baruch Hashem, the plane's not going to crash. But, things go wrong. It's natural. Why is it natural? Because you have a huge, colossal machine. And this machine has got hundreds of people. And I don't know how much luggage. Things go wrong. Thing with this, and with the air, with the this, all sorts of things. So he has to give a report. Says with Shinjimpingas, and he heard this also from a doctor, that if we put the human body if we would take our bodies and we put it into a computer and we would type in every possible thing that it does and could go wrong, you know what the computer would answer? It is absolutely impossible for this body to last. It's impossible. It can't work. It's, it's not shaykh. It's impossible. It can't be. The things, the intricate details that the Rabbi Nishlam created our body in such a wonderful way, mafli lasois, it's tremendous. If we appreciated it, if we understood it, and if we thank Hashem, then we have a different world out there. Rabbi Isai, we have to learn to appreciate our bodies. Over Shabbos, when I was there, also, you can't imagine everything that went on over there. When I was there in England, so I was in a certain place, and there was a woman there, that from one moment, she was healthy, she was well, from one moment to the next, almost, almost got saved from being paralyzed. The paramedics were called, Atzola, the doctors, you can't imagine. She was healthy two minutes ago. But after two minutes, she was sitting on the couch, lying on the floor with ambulances all around her because maybe she was paralyzed. This is a Baruch Hashem, she came a lot better. She should have a foolish limb to be completely better. But, that it shocked me. It gave me a shock. It says, you know, are we guaranteed our health? Are we guaranteed our health? You know, I just went back to me, Menachem Oval. Somebody that two and a half months ago was a healthy man. Nothing wrong with him. Half a month after that, he was diagnosed. Unfortunately, went back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, went back to his creator. Fulfilled a tremendous life, a big tzaddik. But do we, are we guaranteed our health? You know, we act as if, you know, oh, come on, I'm young, what's going to happen? Do I have to tell you all the young people, Rahman and Itzlan, that are sick, that have left this world because of sickness? Do you know what that means? It should wake us up. We should realize, my gosh, it's tremendous. I'd like to give you a little bit of a description into the human digestive process. I heard this from a doctor, Dr. Rabbi Shlomo Rottenberg. He's a doctor from Gateshead, Tamat Chacham. And he said over the following. He was giving Shurim, actually, he was giving Shurim and Ashayotza as it happens. But I wanted this piece, it was actually very, very useful for me to give over to you and tell you what he said. 
Number one, we'll start with number one, the mouth. The mouth is obviously the first part of the body that encounters food when we eat. We have the teeth that go on from there that chew the food. The tongue now mixes the food with saliva to enable the food to slide down, enabling all the food to go down into the gullet. The muscle walls of the gullet push the food down to the stomach, even if you're upside down, those muscles will push it down into the stomach. Now the stomach has an opening that's controlled by a muscle called the shvinkta, that the shvinkta has special muscles, and that are controlled by the opening and in and out of every hollow organ in your body. You have these muscles that control the opening. Now, once the food is in the stomach, there's all sorts of acids that mix with it, that take out all the germs, and it kills all the germs that are there. They exit from the stomach, and it goes into the next, uh, the next place over there, that, and it has more digestive juices over there, and then it, uh, these digestive juices come from the pancreas. The pancreas has all these enzymes that they break the food down into very small particles that eventually can be distributed and actually used by the body. The rest of the bowel, that's 32 feet of the bowel, which is lined with a very special lining, which increases the surface available for absorbing any types of substances, and it also increases the content by many thousands of times. The job of the small bowel is to absorb, right? It takes the liquid, the liquid content from the small bowel is eventually emptied into the large bowel. The job of the large bowel is to absorb the water, to convert it, the liquid it receives into a solid, which can then be passed out of the body. The last part of the, of the large bowel is the rectum, which collects all of the solid wastes and informs the brain that the brain has to now let out all of this waste that has to be emptied out. And the final opening is called the anus, the piatabas and chazal, and that lets out all the waste. The urine, also tremendous. So basically, you just go through this. I'm just giving you the Roche Prokim, I'm giving you the outside outlines, but obviously, we can speak hours about how this works. Right? The kidneys, you've got two organs, approximately three inches long. Blood enters the kidney. It's filtered by thousands of little structures. And each of these little structures have millions of holes. And eventually the filtered water passes through a tiny tube called the tubal, which eventually uh, sorts out all the balance of all the substances. And it goes into the middle of the kidney, the medalka, and it contains sodium in a very high concentrated manner. Eventually it goes back into the outer part of the kidneys where the final adjustments are made. And the urine is discharged through the pelvis of the kidney, which has tremendous amount of muscles. And we can understand from there in this process, which again I outlined to you in a very, very small, superficial way. If there'd be one stone in, the, in that way, the pain of a stone there is more painful than child labor. We're dealing with a situation that the Rabbanishon created us, Nekovim, Nekovim. Go through science, go through biology before they even knew in science what is what and what goes where. Chazal understood that Nekovim, Nekovim, Chalolim, Chalolim, inside us, there's items with holes, there's big items with holes, and within those there's items holes, every single, every molecule, you can't imagine the nissim and influence of how the Rebbeinu created our body. The things that could go wrong, but don't go wrong. And we have to dub in Rabbi that they actually don't go wrong. There's a very interesting posik, Sefer Yecheskel. The posik says as follows: Perich of Ches, posik Yud Gimel, Meleches tu pecha unekavecha boch beyoyim ibarach o kanonu. 
The Rabbani Shalom created us with holes. Says Rashi, why? Says Rashi, you know why? Because we become a Balgaiva. You'll be entered become a Galgaiva. And therefore, says the Rabbani Shalom, I'm preventing you from becoming a Balgaiva. I'm, I'm going to create you with holes. Says the Chofetz Chaim. If that's true, if the reason why the Rabbani Shalom created us with all the holes, tell us in Chazal is because a person shouldn't become a Balgaiva. Ask the Chofetz Chaim such a simple question. The Chofetz Chaim says, if it's true, so just say it once. Go to the bathroom once a week, once a month. What does we need this five, six, seven, eight times a day? Says the Chofetz Chaim, I'll tell you. Because we need a person to realize throughout the day, every single day of his life, that the Rabbani Shalom is, is constantly, constantly in supervision. And the miracles that are going on at that time are only caused by the Rabbani Shalom in every way. The Yisrael Vishayish Vavayda brings down in Shabbat Gimel, Perik Gimel, that if a person realizes what the Baruch of Asher he'll say it with such a simcha. He'll be, he'll be jumping up and down to say the Baruch of Asher Forget about mumbling it. If you realize what it can do to your personal health situation, you'll be jumping up and down for joy, says the Yishayid V'Shayish V'Avoida. Rav Shvab, in the Sefer, in Ian Tefillah, brings down as follows, what's the Lashon HaShem Yatsas HaOdom? Bechachma. What's Bechachma? So Rav Shvab says a marshal. He says, just imagine if you have a doctor. And this doctor from 200, let's say 500 years ago, shows up today. And he says, I'm about to perform an operation. Again, this is a, a doctor from 500 years ago. He's going to perform an operation. And the surgeons of today, 2015, are watching, right? This old doctor from 500 years ago, about to perform an operation. Then kill the guy. He says, what are you, crazy? You're about to kill the person. You can't do that. He doesn't know any better. Take a doctor from 100 years ago, 100 years ago, let him show up today. Let him go to the hospital and say, all right, put on some gloves if he knows what those are, and let's go and do some operation. The doctor will say, you're a you're killing him, you can't do that. And take the doctors today, in 20 years' time, in 50 years' time, whatever it is, that whatever they know now is nothing compared to what they know then. What's the pshat? The Rebbeinu Shalaylam created all of us, says Rabbi Schwab, in such an amazing way. You know, penicillin used to be, if anybody remembers, which obviously you don't, I'm not sure if I remember even, but that's a different story. Penicillin used to be a medicine that the doctors would say, you want penicillin, you're not well, come to my office, I'll give you a syringe, and I'll, you know, give an injection of penicillin, come back to me every two days for the next week. Now, you take a pill and off you go. It's unbelievable the medical advances. But yet, Chazal, the Torah tells us, the Rebbeinu Shalom created our body and knew exactly what was inside, how it works, and there's nothing that can beat such a system. That's the Chochmah. Asher Yotzah Sa'odom B'Chochmah means our bodies were created with a tremendous Chochmah. Listen to this Taz Rabbi The Taz, Tor, brings down a famous Gemara in Nida Daflamadom and Aleph. Where the Gemara tells us, what happens when a baby is born? That moment, that critical moment, when a baby is born in this world, what's going on? So the Gemara tells us like this. The Gemara tells us, as we know, that when a baby is inside its mother's stomach, the baby doesn't breathe, the baby doesn't eat, the baby doesn't drink. The baby receives its life directly from the mother that's in that, 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 who's, who, she's, who the baby's inside. 
the moment the baby is born, the changes that have to be made, Chazal call it Nistama Pasuach, the Niftach Asosom. All of a sudden, the things that were closed, that were stopping the blood from coming to it and pushing it away, all of a sudden have to be opened to allow the blood to come to the lungs. The breathing situation that's going on in the, ha- in the mouth, in the nose, and in everything inside, all of a sudden opens up. And Rabbi said, I don't have to tell you, Rahman al Itzlan. I've been there by Boch Hashem, by many babies being born of my own. It's a very, very critical moment. You're thinking, you're davening, you're thinking, Oh God, please, everything should be well. And if for a few seconds the baby is not breathing, Rahman al-Islam, what can happen to the baby? Brain damage. Rahman al-Islam, what can happen? Those critical moments are so important. And yet on that moment, so many times during the day babies are born, and we find things that are closed all of a sudden open up. That, says the Chazal, is the godless. If you look for a moment, if Lois Abayra, what the Rabbani Shalom created, Tosfus brings down in Brochus, the Shulchan brings it over here, that every person, every human being, is a, is a noid, is a flask. If you had a flask of wine, say Chazal, and you take a little tiny needle, the smallest needle you can find, give it a poke eventually all the wine is going to come out. It's not possible to stay in there. And yet the Torah tells us, Chazal explained to us, that the Rebbein Yishon created every one of us with the Kovim, the Kovim, Chalolim, Chalolim. There's holes all over the place. And yet, what needs to come in, comes in. What needs to go out, goes out. And that's something we have to really take not for granted. Rabbi Sikzobishtim right, brings down the following Maisa. If he wouldn't have said it, I wouldn't believe it. But he said that there was a young man who was suffering from a terrible disease and he came to Dr. Brooks. Dr. Brooks is one of the big doctors in Tel Hashomer in the hospital, I think it's in Brebrak. And he, come, he came over there and he told him, outside Tel Aviv, and he told him the situation. And he said, okay, and he gave him the situation, he gave him whatever he gave him in order to try and make him bend. And he said to him, he said, he said, listen, it's Kedai to say Asha with Kavana. He said, only Asha has the Kaya to help you. In fact, Rabbi Sikzobushin also brings down another Merdika Maisa. He says there was a non-from-secular doctor in that hospital. And this non-from-secular doctor kept nothing. And they noticed that one thing he did, one thing, he said, Asher I mean, we're talking about a man that kept nothing, not Shabbos, nothing. But Asher he said. And somebody plucked up the carrot and said, Doctor, you know, you don't keep that much. Why do you say Asher he says, listen, I don't keep much, that's a different story. But I'm a doctor. I see what goes on in a human body. I see what could go wrong, and I see what has gone wrong. And if that's true, there's no way a person can't say Asher It's impossible to ignore the miracles. It's impossible to ignore that which we live with, every breath that we take, every heartbeat that goes to our bodies, is a result of constant supervision of the Rebbeinu Shalom. And for that we have to give tremendous thanks. I'd like to finish with two last things. One of them is also a true story. It's brought down in the Sefer, the book, on uh, the halachas and the stories of Amen. It's a true story. And it goes as follows. There was a young lady in America, in New York, and she was interviewed, and she agreed to do the interview on the following condition that she realized that Klaliso would be helped by her interview. And the interviewer came in, and she sat down at the dining room table, and the woman showed her a picture of a beautiful boy, three-year-old child, smiling, laughing, hair coming. 
And she, she looked at the sink and said, what a sweet child smiling. And she saw the mother wasn't smiling. The mother wasn't happy and she saw tears were coming down the mother's eyes. She said, tell me the story, what's going on? So that was my three-year-old son. Let me tell you the story. The story went like this. When he was two, a year before, so he had some sickness. We realized something wasn't right. We went took him to the doctor. The doctor sent him to a specialist. And he was diagnosed with a terrible, terrible a problem inside of his bladder situation, of his, uh, of his digestion situation, of the system there. And it was a really bad matzav. And eventually they told us that the only person who can help you is somebody who can fly in to a different place, different country, go to a doctor over there, we'll recommend you. He's the only person that can help you. There's nobody else that can help you. And she said it was a difficult period of time. They were davening, they were saying to heal him. It was the first child that they had. And they went to this country, wherever it was, and they got the uh, operation which the doctor told them, uh, I can't guarantee anything, but I'll try my best. After the operation, the doctor came in and told them the sad news. Unfortunately, the operation was not successful. And um, it's only going to be a matter of time. Within a few months, the young boy, just about three, year, three years old, was lift up. You can imagine the pain and the anguish of a parent losing a child. We should never know such a thing. She said it was, it was a nightmare. It was, it was a living nightmare. It was Gehenna on earth. And she said, Baruch Hashem, we picked ourselves up. We went weiter. We continued in life. And we had more children. And Baruch Hashem, those children were healthy. Until Tzipi came along. We had, a, we had a girl after Baruch Hashem, children who were healthy. We had another girl called a Tzipi. And we realized after a few months of being born, that signs were showing that something wasn't 100%. So we went to the doctor. And the doctor did some tests, sent her to a specialist. And from the results, the dreaded results came back. And the nightmare started being relived. A very similar disease to what, what the original son that they had that was died from that disease. And she said at that time, you can't imagine what it was losing one. All of a sudden we thought that maybe we'll lose another one. All the nightmares, all the living nightmares started flooding back. It was such a trying time and our children were already older then. That they knew what happened. And we started saying to heal him, we're baking chalas and all this chus. And that's because we tried everything we can. And they told us that there's only one choice. To go to a certain place, a hospital... There's a surgeon over there that can help you do an operation, surgery. Maybe it can help. And it was scheduled for a certain time, months, times. So they decided we've got to do something. We've got to do something. So the father came home one day and he said to his wife, I have an idea. Why don't we work on the bracha of Asher Yotza? Asher Yotza, as we mentioned, is a bracha Asher Yotza Sa'odun B'chachma. Reifer Kolbasa. Mafli Lasso. He says, wonders that can happen. That must be the answer. That must be the key. So she said, okay, and she took it on every single time. She made herself a little paper. She came out of the bathroom and Asher, Yatsa, Sa'adam. She probably spent more than 20 seconds. Her kids saw that's what she was doing. They said, we want to do it also. And the kids started saying Asher, Yatsa, with also, with Kavana, with intent. They understood what they were saying. They knew what was online. And then they got the relatives involved. And then a couple of weeks before they went to this place for the surgery, they called in all the friends to a huge gathering. They said, Rabbi Sai, We'd like to ask from you something very special. And all the friends called out, don't worry, we've organized all the meals, we'll make sure your kids are looked after, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry, you go, Be'ez Hashem, you'll be okay. Don't worry about your kids, we'll work out everything. She said, no, 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 I need to ask them something very special. They said, tell us, tell us, please, we'll do anything. I want you all to take on the bracha of I want you to take on this bracha to say it, 
And all of them at that moment said, absolutely, it was difficult. And they printed our Shayatza cards and everybody put it in their pocket and put it by the door of the bathroom. And they stopped for a few moments and they said our Shayatza like they were meant to. This young little sippy girl that was going to go undergo terrible surgery. The day of the surgery came. They had phoned already to the new place. And there a couple of days. The surgery took place and you can imagine the parents said over, it was, it was such a trying time. All the flood, all the memories of everything that had gone on was petrifying. And the doctor came out and the look in his face already gave them some hope. And he sat down with them and said, I want to tell you something, you could not have asked for a better result. There's no way we could have done anything better. Baruch Hashem, we hope that Be'ez Hashem, after a couple of weeks of rehabilitation, he'll go out, he'll be okay, and the girl will be healthy. And Kachava, that's what happened. They came back, they came back to America with this sippy with them as their present. And they continued, obviously, saying Ashayatza until the child themselves, you know, four or five, started teaching Ashayatza. And the mother said, you can't imagine how much I cry with the first time the child said Ashayatza. These people understood what it means to say the bracha. They understood that this bracha has a direct link to our health in this world. Let me just say one last maisa about brachas in general. The maisa goes, there was a fellow standing by the train station and he watches as the train comes and he sees carriage after carriage after carriage and he's counting 20, 30, 50, 100, 200, 500, 1,000. How many carriages can there be? It's unbelievable. I've seen a train it just goes on and on and on until eventually it finished. 25,000 carriages and it stops right there in front of him. And he sees at that moment a beautiful royal carriage comes by and he's excited what's going on and they pluck out from this huge train of 25,000 carriages a bit here and a bit there and he realizes what's going on inside these carriages of all of his brochas inside all of these carriages are the brochas he made in his entire life they're picking out the ones he made with kavona they're picking out the ones he made with the correct intention with the correct ideas, with the correct kavana, with the right frame of mind. And there was only a few of them. And when the train left to go, all of a sudden, miraculously, there was only 30 carriages that it managed to squeeze into. Rav Ben-Sina B'Shol Zatzal, big paisik here in Yerushalayim, once said this marshal, and he said a person over his entire life can make over two and a half million brochas. Two and a half million. How many of them are said with kavana? How many of them are said, of course we get, get, we get reward for all of them. But the ones that are correct, the ones that have the most effect, are the ones that are said by Kavana. Rabbi Sai, my last plea is let us realize the wonders of the Rabbi Shalom's creation. Let us see what HaKadosh Baruch created. Let us understand that when we eat something, what the process that it goes through. Let us say Ashayotza when we leave the bathroom with the Kavana. Let us understand what we're saying. Let us give HaKadosh Baruch Hu the gratitude, the Shvach, the Haidah, the thank you for creating us in such a wonderful way and making sure nothing goes wrong. And Be'ezah Hashem, if we do that, we have a guarantee that we'll never need a doctor and there won't be sickness in this world. Thank you for listening.